1: this week we mark the beginning of december with what else a halloween spooktacular let's go it's jordan jesse go i am jesse thorne america's radio sweetheart jordan morris boy detective holy shit jordan
0: (laughs) wow everything's
1: going crazy I, I had no idea. Number one, we're inside of a horror film. Oh yeah, a dialogueless horror film. Mm-hmm. There's a monster being created. There's beasts.
0: Is this because it's our Halloween spooktacular?
1: <laughs> yes, it is. We like to celebrate uh, the beginning of December every year with, with the, the Halloween. Halloween spooktacular. That's great. Yeah, we've got
0: we've got those. Creepy oh, I kind of Animatronic it, witches. You know, I kind of wanted it to on be... On strings. I wanted it to be Fright Fest this year. Oh, well, it's too late now, dude. No, we just it's already spooktacular. a Spooktacular. Damn it. Well, hey, next year, tune in for our Halloween Fright Fest. You know, uh,
1: when I was in Chicago, it was Halloween Spectacular at Chicago's Navy Pier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I only went to Navy Pier because it turns out the Navy Pier, it's like Fisherman's War for, like... Anything, any other totally retarded tourist attraction that exists for no reason other than to be a tourist attraction, and uh, like I don't, I don't even like. There's you not really like, rides there. You Couldn't like
0: tour a real working battleship or something.
1: No, it was shittier than that.
0: Wow. Yeah, it was really shitty. How do you say? You say. Uh... You say it like touring a real working battleship is a shitty thing.
1: No, no, I'm saying touring a real working battleship, which I have done.
0: Oh, wow, really? In was San that Francisco
1: like? at Fort Mason. Oh, cool. A not-shitty place in San Francisco. It was pretty neat. And I once, wrote, I once did the same thing for a submarine. They had a submarine there for a while. That was wow. pretty cool, too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I went there because, for some reason, the radio station is in this place. Mm-hmm. So it was after hours I was going to this party... And uh, I'm walking through there with uh, uh, our mutual friend, uh, Nick, former uh, station manager of KZSE, where the Sound of Young America started. Uh, he works at Chicago Public Radio now. We're going through, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, Nick, why is this place full of the burned-out hulks of cars? <laughs> like, I, there was that was the only, like... And he's like, oh, it's Fright Fest. Mm. It's the Halloween Pier, Fest. pier of Terror but apparently terror in this context exclusively means fucked up cars yeah there weren't any witches or ghouls or anything as far as i could well, tell something
0: fucked up those cars
1: uh, yeah i guess so i guess it was sort of, like J- sort of like that jade Sort of like that jj abrams movie where it's you know you're supposed to put the pieces together you know what I'm saying? No, no, this upcoming, no, no. he's got a monster movie oh, coming out. Oh,
0: Cloverfield.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so maybe it was part of that. Probably
0: a Cloverfield themed. Yeah. that's. I think that's what it was.
1: <laughs> so they're implying that a monster ate the car.
0: Experience the movie you've never seen.
1: And They had a Ghostbusters car there. Oh, yeah. That was not the Ghostbusters car. And I thought that yeah. was the fucking budgetest, shittiest <laughs> Wait, you Wait, you
0: wanted it to be the actual Ghostbusters car from the movie?
1: Well, there's got to be like a that's dozen. That's kind of
0: unreasonable, at least I think that's really unreasonable. Unreasonable. Jordan of you, to expect it, that they fly in the Ghostbusters car. Next thing you want, next thing you know, you're gonna want to be greeted at the door by the black Ghostbuster.
1: Jordan, I'm not talking about being greeted at the door by a real live Ghostbuster. I'm just mm-hmm. talking about just spend the twenty bucks to license the Ghostbusters logo to put it on the door I bet it's way more of than your Ghostbusters bucks. car. Okay, Navy Pier, spend the hundred dollars of your five dollar pretzel money. <laughs> <laughs> to put the Ghostbusters logo on the side of i I'm go- just what saying, would you have enjoyed
0: it that much more? What is obviously you don't even like spooky things, anyways. So I mean, you know. Jordan, I'm just saying, it wouldn't have made that much. Of I'm, I'm talking sure about, I'm not cared. talking about
1: spooky things. I'm talking about Ghostbusters right now, okay? Which is a hilarious thing, <laughs> sure, with a really cool car. Yeah. Well and uh, okay. they and it won't, and it would have been cool had they just put cuz it was clearly trying to be the Ghostbusters car. Right. It's not like it was I just appreciate I the effort. I appreciate that I they made something been, that looked
0: like you could recognize Jordan, it. What? Jordan Get your head in the game here. My head's absolutely in the game. The appreciation
2: game. The appreciation of a
0: job well done.
1: I'm talking about if they just want to have burned out hulks of cars. That's fine.
0: Of car. That's husks. Husks. Hulk of car. Husks. The burned
1: out husks uh, of a car.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. If they want to have the husks of cars in the Navy Pier, mm. that's fine. But if they want to try and sell me something, oh, here's the Ghostbusters car, yeah. but it's not actually, they didn't even spend the $20, and I think it probably cost $20, to put yeah. a, you know, one of those Man, we decals. Spend, uh, we should
0: spend 20 bucks to put the uh, Ghostbusters logo all over the uh, Jordan Jessica website. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, true. All the cost is $20. bucks. let us just slap a couple Ghostbusters logos on there. I
1: bet for 50 bucks we could get the black Ghostbuster to greet us at the, <laughs> at the top of every Show, yeah, <laughs> Ernie Hudson is that his name? Uh, I neither. think I think Ernie Hudson's his name. I think it is, too. I'm not sure. Maybe uh. that's the guy who sang the Ghostbusters song.
0: <laughs> no, that's Ray Parker Jr. It's hard to say.
1: Okay, There's well. really
0: no way of telling.
1: Anyway, a lot of stuff has happened in our lives. I got a dog. Jordan got a car. Uh, We're bringing back the animal contest uh, uh, for the semifinals, etc., etc. We'll have more. We have a new movie segment. Oh, new movie segment coming up. Uh, All to come on Jordan, Jesse, go. We'll be back in just a second. (laughs) it's jordan jesse go jesse jordan
0: i got a doggie i got a doggie dog 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 i guess you probably want to talk about it then yes i go do
1: nuts. her name is coco she is a funny dog she's a scruffy dog <laughs> all right i wrote this song for the show jordan how long is the song Oh it goes on for about uh 60 70 minutes and we have to push all the segments that we teased in the intro. 70 minutes. Yeah, it's a 70 minute song. It's about all the different funny stuff that's she does. It's an operetta. I
2: think it's
1: yeah. more of an operetta than a song. Um it's well, you know, it's uh it is an operetta it's I would smaller say it, opera. Uh, yeah, you would say it's an operetta. I would think I think of myself not only as a musician but also as a librettist. Oh. Yeah, they composed the libretto for for uh this Peace about Coco, my dog.
0: Well, so, you're gonna need an Ari at some point. Sorry to, sorry to, you know, sorry to shit on your parade, but
1: Jordan, did you know? At some
0: point, did you know that sometimes my dog goes
1: crazy and she starts running all over the house and chasing her tail? That's great. We call that uh, cuckoo, cuckoo, Coco. Cuckoo Coco is what we call that, Jordan. A, I
0: mean, it's very descriptive. I can tell what's going on just by listening to it.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. We visited a lot of dogs mm-hmm. before we made the decision. Yeah. Before we pulled the Who trigger, the so to speak. We were three dogs? Um, we, well, there was the tiger dog that mm-hmm. we talked about on the holiday okay. special. Um, the tiger dog was great. Mm-hmm. We visited another scruffy dog. See, here's the thing, Jordan. Sure. If I'm going to have a dog... I want it to be a scruffy, funny dog. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I don't want one of these. I don't want one of these beautiful dogs. (laughs) One of these elegant dogs. One of these graceful dogs. Right. I want a dog that looks like, you know. It's always up to something.
0: You want like a casual weekend dog.
1: Yeah, exactly. I want a fun dog that's goofy. Mm-hmm. That wants to goof around with me. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Not some dog that's going to think it's better than you. I'm looking for a scruffle-off. Okay.
0: Sure. You know what I'm talking yeah, about, Jordan? No, you're, you're, I know. I applaud your uh, single-mindedness and on, I, on the issue. And I just laid that out there for Teresa. Mm-hmm. Teresa,
1: we get a new dog. The time has come.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's got to be a scruffy dog. So the tiger dog was a good dog, not scruffy. Yeah. Now we visited another scruffy dog. Here's the thing, Jordan. Okay. You look. We look at the adoption website.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Pet Finder. Pet Finder. We type in what kind of dog we want. Scruffy. Okay.
0: Is, is scruffy a keyword? No. No.
1: No. Scruffy's not a keyword, but it should be. Yeah. I'm like I'm that. saying it in the hopes that it will manifest itself. Mm-hmm. So that if people go and look and try and do scruffy, by that time they will have fixed it and added scruffy as one of the search keywords. Yeah. No, you can look for like small, medium, and large.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what? I think
1: that's. I think you could look for a breed too, but we, you know, we didn't want a particular breed, so you know, we can type in terrier. Terriers are more often scruffy.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, gotcha.
1: Um, we, you know, we prefer not to have a a more purebred dog because they're, you know, they're dumber and prone to disease. Sure so uh we we typed in the thing. you get all these different dogs there on the website Jordan mm-hmm. You get uh any kind of dog you want, mostly chihuahuas.
0: Those are mostly the dogs people are looking to get rid of uh, If you
1: look for small dog, mm-hmm. it's primarily chihuahuas
0: mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, and I don't who like
1: wants that I don't know who are the people who like chihuahuas. That's what I want to know. yeah. It's a weird, creepy dog. It behaves in an annoying <laughs> manner. Yeah. Like, even a well-behaved chihuahua is annoying, relatively. Like, I've sure. never met a chihuahua that wasn't, like, yippy and, like, <coughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you. I've, I've, I've never enjoyed one. Yeah, and they got those creepy bug eyes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're kind of little. So they have that going for them if
0: you're looking for a well, little one. Sure. But these
1: Korean ladies... are little.
0: Uh, yeah, Pencils these, are little. Get a pencil.
1: These Korean ladies that live in my building, they got these little white dogs. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, they're still yippy, but at least they're not creepy looking. Sure. I don't know what kind of dogs they are, I'd say. Oh, poofs. Oh, poof dogs. Yeah, they yeah. got these little poof dogs that run around the goddamn Appalachian hallways. Appalachian poof. Oh, Appalachian poof.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's mostly what you'll see.
1: Are you sure? Are you, yeah, they're more common. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about a Teton poof. No. I mean, well there's the Teton. Or grand poofs, there's Grand the Norse Teton Poof.
0: poof. It's um, funny how poofs But I mean that's I mean you hardly ever see that on the western
1: seaboard. Poofs were actually originally uh developed. It's funny, the reason they're all named after mountains is because they were originally developed as a mountaineering dog. Right. Um they were trained originally to set carabiners. Mm-hmm. You know, carabiners?
0: I don't really know what that is, but I, I believe fi- you.
1: Don't worry about it, Jordan. Neither do I.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's fine. Really. So
1: we go to the things, and here in Los Angeles, you look up the thing, and you send an email to the people. They make you apply for this dog that you've never even met.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You apply for the dog. You tell them whether you have a backyard and, like, whether you own your own home mm-hmm. and whether you've had pets before and blah, 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 blah. And then uh, you have to go to a pet co. That's the next step. <laughs> the next step is then you go to the parking lot of a pet co. It's funny.
0: You go to way, <laughs> you have to visit one of their sponsors.
1: Yeah, well, basically, I mean, like, they, they have like,
0: these. Like, go to petfinder.com. Apply for a dog. Get these big dick pills. <laughs> yeah. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> I think, but you know what? Honestly,
1: they were great big dick pills. <laughs> I know that your dick's bigger. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't mean, want to say anything. Even you could tell. I mean, I showed it to you. Sure. But, I mean, you could tell. That it was bigger just because of my, the, the way, way I, I carried more myself supr- more and how I me with showed it. it to you. Right. Those two things, sort of like how I had a little bit more confidence in myself mm-hmm. and how I showed you how big my dick was, mm-hmm. helped you understand that my dick was bigger.
2: And uh, I pills. heard
1: Teresa yell, my vagina's really sore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. She has been yelling that. Mm-hmm. Just out there, you know, in public. Uh, so anyway, so you go to a Petco, because apparently that's the only place where they have pet adoptions, Mm -hmm. is in the parking lot of a Petco. Oh, you
0: didn't actually have to go into the Petco.
1: Well, sometimes it's in the parking lot, sometimes it's in the Petco. We've gone to both kinds, but exclusively Petcos for some reason. Gotcha. I guess because that's the only... I would, you know, I I always picture uh, adoption fairs being outside of, like, a supermarket Or like in a downtown, but I guess since Los Angeles doesn't have a downtown, like where people like walk around. Yeah. You know, like in San Francisco, they have them sometimes at Union Square or like by the Powell Street Bart Station or something like where there's a lot of pedestrian traffic. Mm -hmm. Got all the little baby kittens or something. Gotcha. Anyway, so you go to these dogs and uh, we had this really weird experience. We went to visit this one dog at this Petco. Oh, the La
0: Brea Tar Pits has an adoption (laughs) fair sometimes.
1: Does it? Yeah. What is it, for dinos? Yeah, dino adoptions. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Jordan, I'm just kidding. It's not dinos. It's prehistoric creatures. Yeah, it's prehistoric... Saber-toothed tigers, sure, mammoths. Smilodon, yeah. Glyptodon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, di- dip the- dipped, uh... That giant bear thing. Yeah, sure. Bear thing. Diphtheria th-
0: no, dip is a... Diphtheria is a disease, disease. Jordan. That's What's that bison thing? A bison dip thing? dip something I don't know. Anyways... Dip, diptodon, some sort of no, that's glyptodon with dip. <laughs> okay, we've established glypt, we've talked oh, about glyptodon, Jordan. I got it. What dipset, no, nope, dipset, something that you know what it is. <laughs> it's a rap group. Like, that's not that, no, I don't know. This, what's this wrong is with it? Though? I like that rap group. I'm just saying it's not a prehistoric mammal. Dip set, dipset. Moving on, um, so we Petco. went. So, so we're at, the we're pet at this
1: Petco. We we test drive this one dog. It's a very cute dog. Uh, very nice. Dinotheria? Dynotheria, Dynotheria. That's, that's, anyway, that's another that's name it. for a dinosaur fever.
0: <laughs> right.
1: That's when you're crazy about dinos. Yeah, that's
0: when you can't wait for Jurassic Park 4 to come out. <laughs> exactly. Is there really a Jurassic Park 4? Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. I'm sure there'll be Jurassic Park I thought that Park was 4.
1: Hollywood insider information you were offering.
0: Oh, no. That's just something I suspect and want. Okay. <laughs>
1: so we we take this test drive with this dog, and it's a little bit too poorly behaved for us. And the thing about adopting a dog, it's mm-hmm. like you kind of have to adopt the one that is the kind of dog you want right now because it's going to be a real bitch to teach it to be any other kind of dog because it's sure. already grown up. Right. So we're like, oh, do we like this dog a lot, but we think it might drive us crazy, and then we would resent it. Mm-hmm. So we didn't we didn't want to adopt this one, so we go back in we're looking at the different dogs just because it's nice to see the funny dogs, you know, sure. different kind of dogs. We're looking at these one dog she's too big to live at our house so we can only have like a 15 20 pound dog in our house mm-hmm. at, at most, and this is you know 50 pound dog and uh, the adoption lady is sitting there. she's not the boss of the adoption. she's like one of the second bananas in this adoption agency, <laughs> sure. and uh, which by the way, as far as I can tell, these adoption agencies are completely ad hoc. I have no idea. Like, there's doesn't seem to be any like organizing principle. It's just like, oh, and we're going to we're we're like the doggy we're like the doggy heaven adoption aid, adoption agency. We're the doggy this doggy that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this woman locks eyes on us and goes, it's it's this little it's this doggy's fourth birthday, and we're like, oh, and she's like, she had her third birthday in an adoption fair too. She hasn't been adopted. And she proceeds to launch into this thing about how sad this dog is that she hasn't been adopted and hasn't found her forever home, which is what <laughs> they call it.
0: They call it over and over their forever home. Jeez. And it, I'm guessing this woman's wearing a lot of puffy paint. It was her outfit is real puffy paint. It
1: was so creepy. Intensive. It was so creepy. And I'm like, I really wanted to just like put my hand on it's this like, lady's stop, shoulder and be like talking. stop talking you're the reason this dog hasn't gotten adopted you're (laughs) creeping people out big time big time but anyway we went to like some weird place like tarzana or something like that some weird one of these weird southern california places that's exactly the same as every other weird southern california place
0: riverside riverside (laughs)
1: do San send yeah that's one of my favorites um so we we go to this place like tarzana or something and uh uh we uh we go to this house and uh it's this uh Torrance. Yeah, it's this nice it's this nice kind of middle aged Mexican lady. She's got all these big dogs running around and mm-hmm. then Coco's in there. And uh Coco just ran right up to us and just loved us right away. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was it Sold. was on. It was done. And then we're like, We we love her, we wanna we wanna have her. Are there other applications? And she said, If if you want her, I already looked at your application, you can take her home right now. Great. And that's how we got our new doggy, Coco. Why'd you name it Coco? Was that
0: her name already?
1: Her name already was Georgie Girl. Georgie? (laughs) Which, needless to say, no, we were not keeping Georgie Girl. Hmm. I'm not going to have a dog named Georgie Girl in my house. Well, we had been talking about naming the dog Hambone. Yeah. Um, But Coco is a little uh, girlier and prettier than uh, we were expecting whatever dog we would adopt would be like.
0: I'm guessing that this woman's house you got the dog from had a lot of pictures up of her and or other girls in her family, like in real soft focus with lots of stars kind of artificially of put into the picture.
1: Of course. There was this, um, our, uh, a good friend of mine from college, uh, Maria Calpito. Mm-hmm. I went to her house one time in, um, ah, gosh, I can't remember what the name of the, Baldwin Park, mm-hmm. Baldwin Park. And, uh. There, there's this wall-sized portrait of her. And when I say wall-sized, it is lengthwise, it's about four feet long. Mm-hmm. It's it's her as, like, a four-year-old in, like, a lilac-colored, you know, like, quinceañera dress. Awesome. <laughs> you know, with, like, a lot of frills and shit on it, standing on a beach in, like, soft focus. And it's that kind of photograph where they print a photograph in soft focus onto, like, a textured background to make it look like a painting. Mm-hmm. Man, it's amazing. Anyway, but the main distinguishing characteristic of this particular woman's house, besides these big dogs that were mm-hmm. in the house, was uh, a giant widescreen TV that was playing a Jaw Rule Steven Seagal movie in Spanish.
0: <laughs> Good, <laughs>
1: which I could really get behind. Well, he was so nice, and Coco lived in a um, Coco lived in uh, dog hoarders. In a motel owner who was a dog hoarder had a motel room full of dogs. <laughs> wow. In Tijuana.
0: Sounds. Like it sounds like a man Coco has lived a lived a pretty interesting life it sounds like.
1: Right? Exactly. Man,
0: and, she's been around the block and she is just the sweetest. And Do you she, ever look at her and kind of resent her for that? Like how
1: she's she's had all this excitement in her life and yeah. I haven't. I'm, well, at least I'm not afraid of trucks. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's true. <laughs> when it comes down to it, it's hard. I she's the greatest, but it's really like it's definitely been an adjustment for me. Um, I guess people who haven't been listening to this show for more than six six months or so you know don't know that you know I had this we adopted this other dog who uh, woofy got sick and and uh, uh, and died and that was really really just one of the most horrible things in my entire life and um, I mean that like totally sincerely like it really surprised me how horrible it was and um, uh, it's hard to look at her sometimes and not like, feel like somehow, like, if I'm having fun with her, like, I'm mm-hmm. somehow disrespecting my memories of Woofie, and then, like, it, or sometimes I'll be remembering, like, she'll just be doing something, and I'll be thinking about how Woofie used to do it, mm-hmm. and then I get all sad, and I think, oh, I should be happy with my new dog, you know, mm-hmm. and then um, sometimes when I'm being happy with my new dog, I'm feeling like, oh, my gosh, am I, like, forgetting about Woofie? It's very emotionally fraught territory, but... On the plus side, um, sometimes she goes, uh, Coco Cuckoo,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that's awesome. Sorry, Mom. Yeah. But on mm-hmm. the plus side, sometimes she goes, Coco Cuckoo, and that yeah. is truly spectacular. Sure.
0: Does she still respond to Georgie Girl?
1: Uh, I don't think she ever did respond to Georgie Girl. They just make up a name. Okay. They just make some shit up, and they, like, they, I mean, I think she had been maybe a month with the foster gotcha. thing, or four weeks, or what something like that. What happens when you put
0: on the movie Georgia Rule?
1: Um, she really, well, actually, her favorite movie is Curly Sue. Oh, okay. Which is weird, because it, it sounds kind of different from Georgie Girl, but Curly a, Sue, sort of Georgie asson, Girl.
0: Assonance. yeah, not It really.
1: does have some consonants, assonance, As- yeah. It's somewhat dissonant. Sure. But also somewhat consonant and <laughs> mm-hmm. assonant. Anyway, I got a doggy. Her name is Coco. Dinotheria. I think I put some pictures of Coco up on the um You know what I you know where I put up a p- picture of Coco? On the message board in the cornucopia section. You can check out the awesome thread I got sure. a new doggy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, so this is gonna be the doggy show from here on out, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Dog show. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Jordan. Oh man. this is like this is like big news time, Jordan. Yeah. You bought the first thing of any consequence that you have purchased. Since your sophomore year of college
0: yes i I got another car i I replaced my old car did you get rid of your old car? Well, my old car is sitting in the driveway of my mom's house in orange county um until I uh put up a Craigslist ad trying to get rid of it, trying um, to vend it. i i was um it's a it's a two thousand Toyota corolla which I bought sophomore year of college yeah um and it had gotten really shitty I like I sometimes like it doesn't seem like I mean you know it's not that old it's not a super old car and it's you know mm-hmm. kind of a standard reliable car but for some reason it was just shitty I don't I mean it's probably just because I took bad care of it in,
1: in what sense like it was breaking down a lot
0: uh no it wasn't even breaking down a lot it just like smelled bad and oh, like, well
1: Jordan have you ever uh, seen the inside of your car yes well I mean that's it's probably definitely your fault
0: yeah absolutely Jordan it, I'm it, gonna is, lay
1: it out here for you yeah just so you know your fault all the way
0: sure there's a lot of wet capes in the back yeah (laughs) um yeah anyway so you know the thing just like it you know it it wasn't that old but still smelled and looked bad and sounded awful did you or you take did you take it like to like get it like cleaned and stuff yeah yeah um how does it it look
1: now is it better
0: no no you know i feel like even after i got it cleaned um it's still yeah. It was still just. I'm like, wow. I just spent. I just spent thirty bucks to clean this, and still shitty. Like it's still a terrible car. I don't know what, and I couldn't really figure it out. I guess it's just. I guess it's just poor upkeep. I think that's. I probably think just no. The I blame. really.
1: I mean, I Jordan. I'm not trying to pick on you. No, here. sure. Just let me make that clear. I'm not trying to pick on you at all. But it's because you of the shitty upkeep.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so it was just bad, and I felt. Um. Uh, it was yeah. I was feeling like bad driving, and I and I have like a high tolerance for like shitty atmosphere you know like, yeah, like a high tolerance true. but uh i just was really uncomfortable driving around in it it felt bad um you know i was self-conscious the air doing, conditioning
1: broken you never fixed air it. air
0: conditioning broke a long time ago super hot um yeah it would just you know I, I just and uh uh and in the in the biggest move i mean i guess a big thing we've been talking about throughout this podcast is me kind of trying to get rid of my uh crippling thriftiness and, yes uh and like even though the thing was still running, and it probably you know probably would have run for a while longer, I just I you know I decided to uh, do something that was good for you know good for my like aesthetic um, comfort having life, and uh, yeah I feel good about it. I got a, an 06 Scion. Yeah,
1: Scion. You Scion got the Box One XB. They Love uh, that. Love I, that. I was
0: looking into getting a new one. By the way, the trade in for my car was a thousand dollars.
1: Oof! Yeah. You know, it's a good thing you didn't trade it in. Sure, um... I think you
0: can get
1: you can get two twenty five hundred dollars for a you know nineteen seventy four Toyota right uh, Corona the <laughs> pre the precede the uh, press whatever it preceded, is
0: preceded sure
1: the car that preceded was the before. Corolla with two hundred seventy nine thousand miles on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. um I was looking at those new Scions, and they're just like these weird SUV-looking things now. Yeah, hideous. Uh, They're awful. Really ugly. Um, Anyways, but I found a nice boxy one. Uh, I got it from this real kind of sporty, kind of wealthy single guy in Orange County. Uh, So it has uh, bike racks and a huge kind of tube speaker, bass speaker in the trunk. Oh, that's pretty neat. It's okay. I mean, it really kind of destroys the whole trunk space, but, um, you know... But it sounds it sounds really good. You got a subwoofer in there. You got a sub in there. Sure, absolutely. You can always put those back seats down, though, my friend. Flatten it out. Got nice. a lot of got a lot of trunk space. Nice. Uh, and it was funny the guy uh, when I uh, I had to meet him at like the credit union to sign over the paperwork and stuff like that, uh, and he gave me the keys to the Scion and then drove away in his Humvee. <laughs>
1: I think there's a lot of overlap between the owners of those two vehicles. Yeah, I think so, too. Oh, did I say there's a lot of overlap? I meant there's a lot of overlap between the owners of those two vehicles
0: in Orange County. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was def- it was one of the most Orange County things that ever happened. And then uh, him and his Asian girlfriend drove out to the desert for the weekend.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was totally awesome. Lo- I, you know, Teresa has one of these Scions. Of course, so I drive a 1987 Chevrolet El Camino. Mm-hmm. Teresa has one of these Scions... I love that thing. It's great. That is great. I really would, nice. Seriously, if I if I had a um uh you know middle class income, mm-hmm. we'd have we'd have matching scions. <laughs> I swear to God, that's matching how much scions, I like it. crash them into each other. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: I just see if <laughs> Teresa
0: wants to crash scions hey, in the,
1: in the winter. Take them out <laughs> on
0: the lake. <laughs> yeah, crash them into each other. Yeah, um, see if you can sink one. And I had a couple of. The couple of things that kind of bothered me about this—they're great about for ice fishing. Buying this, yeah, sure, you can <laughs> build a little your, hutch. Yeah, um, about buying was that it is like the young person car. Uh-huh. You know, like all the advertising is like real it's fucking annoying. It's really annoying. It has a lot of like graffiti imagery <laughs> in it. You know, it's the young person car. So if I'm like, ah, shit, all that advertising worked on me, I guess. But you know um, what? It's fucking great. It is. It's totally great. And here's the other thing that makes me feel better. There's a, there's another Scion. Mm-hmm. Scion XA. Mm-hmm. that I think's awful. Sure, it's I hate it's, it. No, it's the only good looking Scion. And, and it is. I have one. It's one of those boxy ones, and I feel like it's going to be such a relic in, you know, like that. It, this is. I mean, it's totally like a fad car. Like boxy cars are not here to stay like i feel i mean even you know they've even phased it out you know like yep. the other one's just this weird suv now. it's golden though what a lifestyle i
1: always yeah. you know what it's funny because they created that car specifically to meet what the kind of car i wanted i always wanted to have one of those uh uh honda uh civic wago vans <laughs>
0: I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's like the
1: Waggo van. It's, it's like a, it's like a Civic or maybe it's an Accord. I can't remember. But they, you know, from the late '80s, mm-hmm. that they just, they just made it boxy. They just boxified it. Now hmm. yeah, I love that. Uh, my mom had a Dodge Colt Vista for a long time. Yeah, that's great. Another one of those. Another one was boxathons. Sure. Uh, it's great, because you can park it anywhere, and you can put anything you want in it. And most importantly for me, as a giant dude...
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a lot of legroom.
1: I can sit in the back seat. Yeah. I can totally sit in the... Like, if my mom Comfy. or, like, some other old person is there, and wants mm-hmm. I, I wanted them to sit in the front, I can just sit in the back. No problem. You're good. You know what I bought?
0: Navigator machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was Fuck thinking about yeah. buying a, 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 that, too. Oh, it's fucking great. What brand great. did you
1: get? I got a Garmin. Garmin. Garmin something. It's fucking great. I bought it, it, it from a shady Persian dude. Oh, nice! What did you the drop on it? A of a bucks? Chevron. I think I bought it for a hundred and fifty or so. Mm, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's but it's new. You know, like new in the box sure. and uh, uh, only I, a little bit of blood on it. Only a little bit of blood, and uh, it was Armenian blood, so it's fine.
0: That's, yeah. uh, there's
1: no actual you conflict can actually between bottle Persians. that and sell it. Yeah, there's no conflict between Persians they and Armenians drink it for that strength. I'm aware of. Um, but anyway, this Persian dude. Pulls up to this Chevron parking lot. Obviously, I met this guy on Craigslist. Um, and he's got a bunch of these things. It's not just one, which is makes the following part of this story weird. He pulls up to this parking lot of the Chevron in a Porsche.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. So he's clearly gotten rich off selling, uh, selling GPSers so, off
1: Craigslist. Apparently so. Apparently so. And it was the diciest thing ever. The only things that made it not dicey. Were number one that the thing really was in the box really did work great and really mm-hmm. was brand new, and it's worked great for me. I mm-hmm. have no complaints, and number two, given the fact that every single other part of this transaction was a ten out of ten on the dicey scale mm-hmm. like this was this i was i could have been buying this from some like Prohibition-era mobster, basically, given how gotcha. weird the whole thing was. you meet
0: him in the, the booth of an Italian restaurant or something like
1: that? Exactly, at the Italian-American Social Club, maybe. <laughs> um, but the guy was not creepy. Huh. Which, actually, in a funny way, kind of creeped me out. Yeah, you wanted to have like a like an
0: uneven okay. mustache and yeah uh,
1: that was weird for his dick to be hanging out <laughs> yeah probably well i mean lord knows i want his dick to be hanging out sure otherwise <laughs> You're gay otherwise jordan how do i know if the pills work hey
0: <laughs> dick pills
1: <laughs> you want to make sure other people's dick pills are working <laughs> yeah <laughs> otherwise important. yeah i'm i'm interested in human welfare mhm and his girlfriend, I didn't see his dick, but his girlfriend was along and she was complaining about how sore her vagina was. There you go. When I say complaining, I mean yelling.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Punching. <laughs> anyway, um, I recommend that you get one of these navigators. Yeah. I just go, this is what I do. And then it goes, proceed 400 feet forward. Turn right in five hundred feet. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's great. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't that have that to. I
0: don't have to learn anything about Los Angeles now. Doesn't That's the it, best part? Doesn't it seem weird that, um, like all the major electronic companies don't make those? I feel like they're all these weird blends. <laughs> yeah. Like they're like you know the new the new go go the new shim sham the new you know. <laughs> like show there, v. there's always a big npr underwriters the tom tom portable yeah tom, tom really
1: the tom tom portable like what? i i it was I don't actually know. it was designed it was designed by a drum major sure yeah um
0: yeah i i feel like I it just was designed by a by,
1: uh, by a character from uh uh the music man <laughs> that's how i imagine it when i sure. hear the thing on i just imagine one of those guys in one of those big tall orange
0: oh right hats. gotcha um. Yeah, I feel like I I would like to the, buy the Sony navigation system or the Microsoft. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm no brand snob, but. But
1: I'll tell you what. I did some research, Jordan. A Vivo. I did a lot of research. Westinghouse. Isn't it interesting no. how what did you? I don't know. if Maybe this is not common knowledge, and it's just some weird thing that I know. But uh, Westinghouse. Actually, some weird Chinese conglomerate that just bought the name Westinghouse because they knew accurately that Americans would distrust anything with a Chinese name.
0: Oh, yeah, that is, I did not know that.
1: Yep, so That's they clever. just bought Westinghouse. It's a so very now, it's a very
0: uh, all-American name.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They figured Westinghouse like went out of business like 15 years ago <laughs> or something like that. Interesting. Yeah, so they just bought the Westinghouse name because people knew what it was. Anyway, so Scion. Scion. Great. Mm-hmm. Garmin Portable Navigator, great! Thumbs up. Sure. Jordan getting out of his shell, buying something. Yeah. Great. We're living the high life.
0: Yeah, I feel pretty good about us.
1: Everything's coming up, Jesse and Jordan. Hmm. Boy, we're amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think I can fly. Probably can't. I'm gonna go give it a shot. We'll All right. Well, you'll die. Jordan, Jesse, go.
3: La, la, la.
1: It's Jordan Jesse go. I'm Jesse Jordan.
0: Animal battle is back. We've been doing it a long time. Okay,
1: animal battle is back. Yes, we made it to the semi final round. Okay, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Then we decided we're going to let this simmer a little bit. Yeah, let the excitement build. It's sort mm-hmm. of like how they take a week off before the Super Bowl. Sure, yeah, that, which is why I sang the NFL Films music. By okay. the way, um, also I've been you know I've been learning a lot about the Packers in the '60s. And sure, here are our semifinal battles. Okay, in the bloodthirsty wing of the competition, mm-hmm. bloodthirsty bracket of the competition, we've got Hippo versus Bear. Hippo upset Monkey by the slimmest mm-hmm. of margins in uh, whatever the semi finals are in the previous round. 51%. Just barely snuck past Monkey. Now, Bear has been a juggernaut mm-hmm. throughout the competition. Unstoppable. Bear destroyed just Penguin. Just like
0: a, a lion. Lion lost though. Yeah, lion lost. Well, its performance is like that of a vicious lion.
1: Yeah. Tearing in,
0: through the Serengeti.
1: In something besides a best animal contest. Right. In a, in a in like real life. What about in an eating gazelle contest? Yes, there you go. And in this case, it would be a lioness,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? They do most of the hunting because a lion just guards the pride. Kind of runs around, yeah. Okay. Around. Anyway, so uh, bear has been a juggernaut. Now in the not bloodthirsty bracket of the competition, ape just beat elephant. Mm-hmm. It was a close one, Jordan. Elephant, of course, one of the most popular animals in the world. Sure,
0: especially but, in zoos. Absolutely. Always, always a big attraction.
1: Uh, literally and metaphorically, mm-hmm. Jordan. and They're one of the biggest animals as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, uh, but ape defeated them. After all, an ape can use tools, mm-hmm. an ape can speak in sign language, and an ape can have a pet kitten named All Ball. Sure some of the advantages of an ape now in the other wing we've got giraffe now i would say of all the competitors here giraffe is the number one dark horse uh, and of course i don't mean that literally since they're lighter than horses um... a giraffe has ridden its charm it's knobbly needness mm-hmm. its funny colored tongue tiny hornness its tiny horns It's a loosey-goosey gait, its ability to run surprisingly fast into the semifinals. The real question is, can this non-traditional competitor, the knobbly-kneed giraffe, take on the ape? But only one competition at a time, Jordan. Sure, let's see Only one
0: competition at a time. That's a contest... For next week's program. Cram too many contests up our contest hole.
1: This week, it's hippo versus bear.
0: Hippo bear.
1: Now, bear is an animal very much in vogue. Mm -hmm. It had an entire movie that didn't even have any words in it that was about a bear that was supposed to be a real movie that people actually were going to go see. Remember that movie? It was called The Bear. I think it was called The Bear.
0: (laughs) Yes, I remember that.
1: Yeah, you remember that, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't make that up, right? No. No. That's I'm not misremembering. That's something. The it's bear. It's not recent, though. No, but it's. But do you have you ever seen the hippo?
0: I have not seen the hippo.
1: Doesn't exist. That's mm-hmm. why not a movie. Doesn't not a movie. Okay, so here are a few advantages of of, hippo, of Hippopotami. hippopotami.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Number one,
1: one, uh, one lives with a family in South Africa that has been documented on television, mm-hmm. uh, passed around the internet to hundreds of thousands of people. This has been shown, this has been powerful fodder for past contests. Mm -hmm. They just put up that clip of the hippo that lives with the family, and it's on, pretty much. Yeah, it's over. The bear, however, a devastatingly powerful creature that also exists in some of the most adorable forms of any representation. Absolutely. I'm talking about gummy bears. Gummy bear vitamins. Mm -hmm. How about that? How do you like that, Jordan? I like them a lot. I'm talking about teddy bears, Jordan. Mm, sure. But you know where teddy bears came from? Came from when Teddy Roosevelt shot bears dead. <laughs> and dressed them up. So consider that. Do you have any preliminary feelings in this battle between bear and hippopotamus for the right to go to the grand finale of the Jordan Jesse Go animal? I mean, battle? I always
0: I don't know. I, I, I've I've been against hippo this whole way. Don't care for it. Don't, I don't think it's it's as cute as other people do It's deadly Yeah, no, that's fine One of the world's most deadly animals Sure, I'm aware it kills a lot of Africans But, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I think I think bear I, I'm going to say bear I mean, I know I've been wrong in all things regarding hippo in the past But I, I think that the bear's in it to win it I'm, Bear's an amazing creature mm-hmm. It's beautiful
1: It eats a lot of berries Then it hibernates mm-hmm. Has to build up a fat store first, Jordan You gotta, why not? I'm I'm having a hard time picking against Hippo right now, just because you think the lobby is too strong. At the end of the day, Hippo has been surprising us at every turn. I don't want to I don't want to go up against it. Because it has the twin powers. It's adorable, and it's deadly. I don't
0: know. I, I'm i not sure who's finding these things adorable. I, I guess the baby's kind of cute. Have you seen
1: the video of the hippo that lives with the South African family? I have not seen that. It's like a dog hippo. It <laughs> okay. walks around in their house, Jordan. Okay. It's pretty amazing.
0: All right. Well, I'll check that out. They have, I don't, have you Have you ever checked out a hippo's have to be, funny little ears? It's gonna, yeah, I'm aware of the ears. What it's going to be, it's gonna have to be pretty cute to sway me, though. What about its big nose? I know that it has that, but I'm, you know, I'm not partial to it.
1: Well, it's on online maximumfun.org slash forum. Hit them up. This is for this is for uh, this is for half of the marbles, Jordan. Mm -hmm. I was going to say all the marbles, but it's not till the finals. finals. That's the final. This is for half of the marbles. This is for a good portion of marbles. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse
0: Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective.
1: We promised a look at holiday movies, and boy, are we about to deliver. Uh, live in Chicago, we've got uh, Adam Kempinar from the podcast Film Spotting. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Oh, a pleasure to have you. Um, good to have an actual expert on something on the <laughs> show. Um, or pseudo-expert. Yeah, what, what, exactly. what,
0: what qualifies you as a, as a film expert? I don't I mean to sound like an asshole here two seconds into it. but
4: <laughs> I guess the fact that I do a show that people bother to listen to.
0: Fair enough.
1: Yeah. There you go. That makes me a dog expert. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. I'm an all kinds of shit expert. Think all the shit that I've talked shit about on this show <laughs> that a few people yeah. have bothered to listen you're to. you're an expert in it. I'm spectacular. That's I'm right. amazing. Anyway, Adam, so... Um, it of course is the holiday film season. Uh, this is the time of year when Hollywood, all in one giant dump, uh, poops out all of the good movies that it will make all year, um, pretty much, um, in hopes of winning like an Oscar for best cinematography or something like uh-huh. that. Um, we've already sort of started into the quality movie season. Adam,
4: what are what's a, what are some movies that are already available in
1: theaters? Uh,
4: that you've seen and enjoyed? Well, I think the big one that probably will get some Oscar consideration and is certainly going to be at the top of my uh, best of list at the end of the year here is No Country for Old Men, the Coen Brothers film. I'm sure you guys have heard a bit about it. Uh, Javier Bardem and Tommy Lee Jones. uh, Josh Brolin is in it, and, and he's really brilliant and actually could get an Oscar nomination, which is kind of hard to believe if you look at josh brolin's body of work yeah doesn't i don't really scream it, it, oscar caliber but he's really phenomenal
0: i don't i yeah i mean i i recognize the name but for some reason i'm thinking disney channel does, <laughs> does he have a disney channel show you know, or am i what, thinking of something else is Which he, he from the oc
4: the goonies the goonies oh. he was the older brother brand in the goonies oh. i've never seen the goonies We've you yell at me if you goonies. yell at me
0: like why haven't you seen the goonies i'm gonna feel really <laughs> i'm gonna get a little mad because i feel like that happens once a week
4: Well, he's had, Brolin's had a really amazing year, though, if you look at, um, again, if you look at his films, I mean, he was in a movie last year called, or actually earlier this year called The Dead Girl, which not many people saw, but it's good, and he has a small part in that, but then all of a sudden he's in uh, Planet Terror in a big role, and then he's in American Gangster. Oh, who who was he in Planet Terror? He's the doctor in Planet Terror. Oh, he did a great job. He was phenomenal. I really liked that Planet Terror. I thought that was great. Yeah.
1: Now, does in this movie, does Tommy Lee Jones play some sort of hard-bitten southern law enforcement official
4: you would never think it but that's exactly what he is he's tommy lee jones basically for the entire film and you know what that's fine because i like watching tommy lee jones on screen there's just something about his kind of laid-back style and that deadpan humor i mean he's got about 50 lines in this film that that somehow make you laugh even though he just delivers them in this you know texas droll um i think he's really good I feel like America's taken
1: a nice little break from Tommy Lee Jones, too. Like, he hasn't been involved in too many deadly
4: games of Cat and Mouse in the past couple years. That's true. He's kind of avoiding the whole fugitive sequel thing and, and is actually just doing some interesting work lately.
0: Um, gosh, I, I whenever I think of Tommy Lee Jones, I mean, I don't know if this uh, this is something people remember or not, but uh, he did a movie a while back, and I guess, is the, I don't know if it's, it's... He's probably been in a movie after this, but the last one I can remember... Uh, thinking about is there's a movie where he is a uh hard-boiled southern sheriff but he has to for some reason uh take care of uh a group of sexy cheerleaders i guess they're (laughs) mob targets
4: or something like that oh is that the the true story of the texas cheerleader thing is he in that Uh, holly hunter
0: or well this is a comedy Uh. cedric the entertainer is also involved (laughs) um Anyways, yeah, seems, that's all they had to seems... say in the pitch. They're like, "I've got a project that brings together Tommy Lee
1: Jones and Cedric the Entertainer, the comedy team America's been Sandwich waiting to see." Sandwich between
0: sexy cheerleaders. Yeah. Um, anyways, I just like always wonder like why he like like when he agreed to do that and the conditions under which he agreed to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm you know what I think happened. His hmm.
1: old college roommate Al Gore probably convinced him to do it.
4: Probably. Maybe. You know, I don't think Tommy Lee Jones, like a lot of actors, I, I don't think he's above collecting a paycheck every now and again so that he can then do the smaller films like The Three Burials of Melchiatis Estrada, which five people saw, mm-hmm. you know, and that he directed. So,
1: Well, then kudos to Tommy Lee Jones. Sure. I just, don't you think it would be pretty cool to hang out with Al Gore and Tommy
0: Lee Jones? Like, I do. That would be like some cool old dudes to kick it with. What do you think the relationship like? Do you think like Tommy Lee Jones is the alpha and Al Gore is kind of like the wingman? A I, think they,
4: bit? I think they wrestle a lot. Yeah. yeah that's what I think. Greco-Roman style. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I mentioned when we reviewed No Country for Old Men, I think, or maybe it was actually in the Valley of Alaw, which he's in also and is is very good in that film. I said that he's the kind of guy that you know, he's kind of a contradiction. He's the kind of guy you feel like you want to sit down at a bar and have a drink with. And at the same time, you also feel like maybe if he walked into the room, you just want to run away because he's way too yeah. manly for me to like sit down and have a conversation with. And my uh, uh, someone that listens to our show, Candace, she helps out with our show quite a bit. She was listening to that and she is from Texas. And she said she once had a chance to be in a restaurant that Tommy Lee Jones was also sitting in. And someone came up and And uh, you know, wanted his autograph or something, and he basically responded to that person exactly as gruff as you would expect Tommy Lee Jones to respond. So that's pretty much how he is in real life, I think.
1: I like how you said she had a chance to be in a restaurant. There you go. I I imagined it. I imagined it as like a radio contest, like a morning (laughs) radio contest, (laughs) like (laughs) with Tommy Lee Jones. The ninth caller gets a chance to be in a restaurant where Tommy Lee Jones is eating dinner.
0: That's right, you can be be near the man
1: himself. (laughs) Um, The man who's played the second starring role in many Hollywood thrillers. Um, Don't make direct eye contact or he'll (laughs) rip out your throat. (laughs) That's it. Okay, so did you think, this is a criticism that I've heard of No Country for Old Men, um, it is, and uh, it has been already been broached on our forums at MaximumFun.org by uh, Tim, former Sound of Young America intern Tim, which is that it falls into this pattern of uh, Coen Brothers movies that have a, a lot of style and strong aesthetic choices and um, are clearly very well informed by their genre, but uh, ultimately lack some kind of heart.
4: Hmm. What do you think? I disagree completely. I mean, I think I agree with the part about the stylistic choices and how it's a Coen Brothers film. Every inch of it is a Coen Brothers film. But in terms, I don't know about the heart aspect. I guess I don't know that I I go necessarily to a Coen Brothers film for heart, though if you watch a movie like Fargo, I think that whole movie is actually a celebration of the kind of lifestyle that Marge and Norm uh, lead. That movie's all about promoting people who are just happy to you know, hang out every day and go to the buffet together and, and, and live a simple life. So I, I think there is some heart there, but... Uh, they definitely had a stretch of heartless movies, but yeah. uh, but I think it's not...
0: It's not something that their movies lack across the board. I, don't, I think that's a yeah.
4: That's no not Country, though, true. obviously much more existential and sort of uh, raw. And I mean, it's really this examination, I think, of free will in a lot of ways. I mean, it's it's Coen Brothers material. I think there is a lot more depth to it than maybe some people want to want to give it and just want to see it as a thriller. But even if you just want to watch it as a thriller, I don't know that you're going to see a better made one. You know, very often. So. i
1: felt I felt the same way about the lady killers if if you want to go see it just as uh, an example of a movie in which Tom Hanks is dressed up like uh, the Colonel from Kentucky Fried Chicken. You can see it that way. Uh-huh. Uh, but if but you want to really... want
0: to see it as an offensive and boring movie, you can do that, too. <laughs> yeah, sort of
1: a shitty vehicle for the shitty Wayans <laughs> brother, then mm-hmm. that's a great opportunity, There you go. Too. There's I'm something ta- for everyone. I'm actually scared to ever go to another Coen Brothers movie again. I hated The Lady Killers so much. Like, it, I, I liked... in Like, people are like, oh, yeah, they made a lot of mo- bad movies lately. Intolerable Cruelty. I liked Intolerable Cruelty. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. But, God, The Lady Killers was, like, one of the worst movies I've ever watched. It's got a I've good, got a good the J.K. Theater.
0: Simmons performance. Okay, fine.
1: Good. Well, I, I'll J- admit,
4: The Lady Killers is the one Cone Brothers movie I haven't seen. I just was so uninterested, no I didn't even bother to see do it. Don't watch it. It's fucking awful. Yeah, that's what I hear. It is
1: horrible. I, it's, it's It's not even... Like some of their other movies, less good than other movies, mm-hmm. but they at least are kind of interesting. This one, not okay, no sir. Okay, so that's the first. That's the first movie that people can already see, and they should. Yeah, and they should. Uh, what's number two?
4: Well, I would say I'm not there. The Bob Dylan uh, biopic, if you will, directed by Todd Haynes, with of course six different personas, six different actors portraying Dylan. Uh, in various states of his career, or or not portraying Dylan, uh, but on a more metaphorical level, uh, portraying him. Uh, It's a movie that I saw in Toronto, just like I saw No Country for Old Men, and uh, wasn't all that blown away by, and then I had a chance to see it a second time. Uh, And the whole thing fit together somehow. It's pretty out there. If you're used to seeing a traditional biopic where it's like, here's the life of Bob Dylan for a ten-year span, you know, with all the traditional behind-the-music kind of cliches, uh, then you're not gonna like I'm Not There because it's it's pretty trippy. Uh, but it also features a really brilliant performance by Cate Blanchett a, yeah, a Kate Blanchett. Yeah, Kate Blanchett is basically who, the basically the best thing to look at. Like yeah. I don't know,
0: it's I mean, yeah, all all that all the stuff people say about her is totally true. I would like to be kind of over it but um she, like i even saw that uh shitty elizabeth of the golden age movie yeah i didn't and it's totally ridiculous and like totally over the top uh every every other part about it but but she but i would be fine with her winning an academy award yeah. for that
4: yeah she's one of those even though it's performers. like
0: it's a bizarre shitty movie but like she's she's so wonderful
4: yeah and she's she's really good here and i'd be shocked if she doesn't at least get a nomination uh, for best supporting actress, but she, she's playing a Dylan that looks a lot like the Don't Look Back Dylan, but it's actually kind of the year after it's Dylan when he's, he's gone electric, but he's also kind of hopped up on amphetamines the whole time, and he's just getting fed up with everyone asking him a lot of questions about why he isn't a protest singer anymore, and, and she manages to actually come off a lot like Dylan without just trying to impersonate him. There, there is a level of performance there, something she brings a little extra, and I think a real anger, actually, that you don't see in Dylan from that time. I thought, um, you know, it's brings. funny,
1: I was speaking of the Waynes Brothers, I thought Marlon Waynes was <laughs> We haven't been speaking <laughs> about the Waynes Brothers
0: for some time now, Jesse. I
1: thought Marlon Waynes was particularly impressive as XM
0: Radio era Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> You're obsessed. Um, what if, okay, should you see this movie if you don't care about Bob Dylan at all?
4: I think Yes, I think definitely you should. That would be the, you know, even more reason to go see it if you don't know anything about Dylan. That said...
1: No, probably, no, no. We didn't say we didn't <laughs> know anything about we Dylan. We
4: said we don't care. No, I understand. Um, but yeah, no, I say it's definitely one you should go out and see. I think if you are 100% sure that you have no interest in Dylan, then maybe it isn't the movie for you because it does require you to... Um, well, it it challenges you to to want to care and to want to kind of piece together these these elements of his life. I mean, it it made me want to go out learn more about Dylan. I borrowed a bunch of Dylan CDs from from my co-host Maddie and have been listening to them voraciously. So it it got me more interested in Dylan. I don't know that it will do that for everyone. This movie has David Cross playing Alan Ginsberg. I feel like that should be enough.
2: <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> it's it a great
4: up. scene. It's a really hilarious, surreal moment, like you would expect. Uh, You know, with Dylan and Allen Ginsberg getting together, there's there's a couple scenes with them that are really great.
0: Well, Uh, NPR has been playing um, in their various stories about this movie. uh, Been playing, uh, I guess. Wait a a a minute,
1: are you telling me that NPR is covering something about Bob
0: Dylan with ambiguous genders (laughs) involved? Hold on,
1: hold on. I know.
0: but out of their wheelhouse i know but it's
1: not an art yeah, movie I haven't is seen
0: it? i haven't seen a, a, a an npr barrage for a movie uh like this since seabiscuit yeah i feel like when <laughs> seabiscuit came out like every single thing had something seabiscuit related right. but uh i feel like this is the same thing just wait until Joni mitchell the movie comes out oh wow um anyways but the, in, in 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 conjunction with all these stories they've been playing um I guess the movie has a lot of like kind of indie rock artists doing Dylan covers mm-hmm. like Stephen Malcolm as in Cat Power and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I, I don't care for them. It seems so gimmicky, and it doesn't like they don't sound good to
4: me. Well, there's one sequence in particular in the film. Um, it's the least effective sequence, I think, for me. It has Richard Gere playing kind of an older Dylan. It's really dreamy. He's not really playing Dylan at all. It's more of a, a representation of of kind of Billy the Kid, which was a Sam Peckinpah film that Dylan was in. And he's kind of this outlaw who's, who's um, you know, decided to be a recluse and take himself kind of out of the world uh, in this little fictional town. And then uh, the lead singer from My Morning Jacket and the guys from Calexico do, there's a performance of a Dylan song from that time called Going to Acapulco, and it's just gorgeous. I mean, it's really one of my favorite parts in the movie is that sequence and that song. So there... Jordan. Yeah. Some of well, them are good. I haven't heard you that. You just got Richard
1: Geard. Yeah,
0: man. Right up my butt. <laughs> okay, Adam, what about uh what about the wait this... aren't we going to talk about the mist? Okay, Let's fine. Let's talk about the mist. Have you guys seen it?
4: Yeah, I saw it. Man, I loved the mist. I don't know why America is not all over the mist. I liked The Mist, too. I did. I really had a lot of fun with it. Jesse, you haven't seen it? I have, I'm scared of scary things. You know what, though? Uh, and I, I wonder what, what you think there, uh, Jordan. It's, it's not, um, you know, what's scary about it isn't what you would expect. The, the creepiness of these giant monsters with tentacles that, you know, come and, and grab you into the mist. Those, those parts really aren't scary at all. It's the, it's the people, that are really scary and that are really frightening that get locked in this uh... get trapped in this grocery store together marcia gay harden is this religious zealot i mean she's she's really terrifying and uh... so it's not i don't know i'm one of those people that's not really into kind of the the gory horror films and and monsters in the night but this really is more about the monsters that are just walking around you so uh... i thought it was pretty effective i mean it's a little cheesy it's a little campy it has an ending that uh... i know we don't want to talk about or really spoil anything for uh, your listeners, but I hated it. Um,
0: oh, see, I was, all, I was, I was all about the ending. The that's ending, the thing. like, people really split on the, it. Yeah, the ending really, uh, really. See, I differ from the two
1: of you because I'm ambivalent about it. <laughs> uh huh. I don't have any strong feelings about it either way.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it was funny. It seems like it, like they're trapped in a grocery store while there's a bunch of monsters outside. It seems like they're just trapped in a grocery store filled with character actors you vaguely recognize. That's true. Like it maybe they like... were getting a discount that day or something. It
1: sounds like sort of a Twelve
0: Angry Men with tentacles type of situation. Yes. You that's know, and it. i i i i was I was reasonably scared by the monsters too. I thought hmm. both both parts of it were pretty good. I yeah. thought
1: the uh, uh, even again, though
4: the, even though the CGI was really shitty, I yeah. thought that but, you're
1: really afraid of monsters. It's
4: true. Well, I can I can relate to that. But I thought the people were a little scarier. But you're right the uh, the the character actors. There's actually quite a few people who you've seen in other Frank Darabont adaptations of Stephen King movies, The Green Mile and, and also The Shawshank Redemption that kind of appear. He's got a little bit of a troop going. None of these people that anyone really knows by name, but they're really mm-hmm. effective in what they do. So Talking yeah, I like them Robbins? Most quite a bit.
0: No, Tim Robbins isn't in it. No, unfortunately. But Thomas Jane, though, I think, is a real movie star in that movie. I thought I, I was I I was surprised. He's he's real he's a real movie star. Here. Yeah,
4: I like him. I I've always liked Thomas Jane. I think uh, he, he's he's really fantastic. You know, playing Mickey Mantle in '61. I really liked him as an actor ever since then. He's in Boogie Nights too, in a, in a small role, and is really good. But I think he's a talented actor. Though Maddie had a great point. After we got done reviewing the movie, we were walking out, and he was like, "That movie could have been taken to a whole nother level, though, if." keanu reeves was in the thomas jane role like just a whole nother level of campy, ridiculous fun Mm -hmm. and he's right i kind of i kind of want to see that movie
0: yeah i don't know i i I thought that the amount of camp versus amount of real movie i thought it was a good balance Mm -hmm. i i I wouldn't have wanted any more camp in it i felt like i was watching an actual movie i
4: think i think that's fair to say maddie had a little bit more of the campy fun aspect i thought it balanced it pretty well Mm -hmm. so i'm with you
1: uh, guys, can we talk about upcoming movies now?
4: We can.
0: That no one's seen.
1: Fine. <laughs> That's
4: right, except me. Oh, oh okay.
0: Yeah, you know
4: Fine our friend John
0: podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Adam, mm-hmm. what what do we have to look forward to in this crucial window between the beginning of December and the uh, close of December, and thus the end of? Oscar qualifying season. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, I think the two big films that I would tell everyone to to put on their radar and, and make sure they they see, uh, they actually open. They both open this coming Friday, but in, in limited release, and and will roll out to more screens as as time goes on. Especially since one of them, I think, is going to be a big Best Picture contender. But Atonement, uh, it's the adaptation of the Ian McEwan. Novel. I think it won the Pulitzer Prize from 2001. Um, Kira Knightley's in this film, and James McAvoy, uh, who was in The Last King of Scotland, is in the movie. And uh, it's this adaptation that you know it's set in England in the 1930s, and you know this aristocratic group. And I'm like, this is going to be just like a Merchant Ivory kind of boring thing. And it's directed by Joe Wright, who made Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley, the the new adaptation from a few years ago. And I just thought it was okay. I wasn't really that blown away by it like I know a lot of people were and so I'm like why do I want to see this Joe Wright movie and I saw it in Toronto uh and it absolutely blew me away and I have actually uh, re- up until yesterday have been kind of existing under this uh this shroud that I was going to be the lone champion of this film like I was going to be the guy who came out and said how amazing it is it's one of the best films in the So I feel
0: about Shoot 'em up Yeah, yeah exactly I like <laughs> um...
4: that movie too actually Yeah and, wasn't and it good And then all of a sudden I look at uh I started doing some research yesterday about the Oscar frontrunners and like everyone saying Atonement's uh, you know a lock for a best oh, picture I nominee. Say, I thought you were
0: going to say they're going to say Shoot 'em Up is on a surprising amount of lists.
4: No, I, I, <laughs> I doubt it, unfortunately, but yeah. and I think it's like it's Rotten Tomatoes scores like 93%. So unfortunately, I am just following the herd and I thought I was I was out in front of it, but it's a really I mean Joe Wright as a director, I, I don't want to get into all the the geekiness of some of the the shots and stuff but there's some amazing filmmaking here and this is a guy again who made his first movie with pride and prejudice and i really wasn't that impressed and then all of a sudden he's like wow this guy's a real filmmaker and Kira knightley's really good and james mcavoy's really good it it and i saw this movie in toronto at 11:30 at night and i think it was my fifth or sixth movie of the day and i was really expecting to be you know put into sleep and uh i was with it the whole time it's really amazing and it, it opens next friday uh, my pick for Best Picture, by the way, is Pootie Tang. <laughs> <laughs> Pootie Tang 2.
1: Pootie Tang 2. If there was a Pootie Tang 2, Jordan, I would be at the Midnight Thursday screening. Hmm. Um, okay, so Atonement. You yeah. know what I just heard uh, on the internet, and I don't know if you've had the opportunity to see it yet, but what I've heard is the greatest movie of all time
4: uh, is the new P.T. Anderson movie, There Will Be Blood. Okay, I just saw it Thursday night. What did night. you think? Um, I don't know how much I want to say about it. I don't know if I want to get the exclusive here on your guys' show before I talk about it on my own show. Don't worry, <laughs> we'll hold it. Wink, <laughs> yeah. wink. Right, exactly. No one's listening, right?
2: <laughs> We're um, going to be
1: on the front page of entertain, EntertainmentWeekly.com. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Kempinar spills beans <laughs> on There Will Be Blood on Jordan Jess on Rival Podcast.
4: Yeah, exactly. Me, and then
1: under me. it is a subheadline What is this talking about?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually have no. No idea what it's, it's says, even about. The, I know. And
1: then the, the sub sub headline is Hundreds listen, dozens care." Yeah,
0: exactly. Entertainment exactly <laughs> Weekly
4: goes under <laughs>
0: seconds after this is posted.
4: Um, it's, uh, it's it's, it's it's based on an Upton Sinclair novel. Um, it's you know turn of the century, Daniel Day Lewis as an oil kind of an oil baron out there oh. you know trying to strike oil out in in California. Uh, I always
0: say I want to see him in it. more tycoon
4: roles. Well. Daniel Day Lewis is a brilliant actor. Really, one of my favorite actors. And uh,
1: to prepare for this movie, actually, Jordan, Daniel Day Lewis uh, got a time machine, went back to the turn of the century, and made millions of dollars in the oil business.
0: <laughs> I hear that uh, to he prepare for that. his role, he bought the Zoo Zoo Tycoon expansion pack, <laughs> Extinct Animals edition. <laughs>
1: Sorry, Adam. That's all right. Go back to actually talking about the movie
4: now. No, you know, I, all I want to say about it really is it, the first half of the film, and it's a long movie, at least two and a half hours, the first half of it is probably one of the best films of the year, and, and P.T. Anderson as a filmmaker, it's, it's really a step forward. I mean, I think he's been great before, but it's a, a kind of a new direction for him, and he's really good. Uh, the last half, as Daniel Day-Lewis' character um, falls more and more into madness, um... The movie kind of goes with him a little bit, and uh, unfortunately, I never thought that Daniel Day-Lewis would be a problem I'd ever have with a movie, but his performance is one that I think is really going to divide people. It's a lock for a Best Actor nomination. It's a lock, and yet for me, it wouldn't be in my top 10 or 15 performances of the year.
1: I think a lot of people are going to be talking about who was is, who is better in this movie, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis or Paul F. Tompkins? comedian paul f tompkins and i'm i'm expecting i haven't seen it yet but i may be in the paul f tompkins camp
4: now i i'm drawing a blank on paul f tompkins it, who is fine. his role there's there's no need to know who he is that's <laughs> fine did you see the tenacious d movie you know i did he's, he's in the tenacious d he's movie. the guy
0: uh he's the guy who turned into satan at the end
4: ah uh, got it anyway <laughs> the other movie, though, after There Will Be Blood, which I, I definitely say, you know, see it when, it when it opens. It is definitely worth seeing. I'm just kind of more mixed on it than I thought it would be. But I'm sure you guys have heard something about Juno. Yes, Juno. Yeah, with Ellen Page, uh, who will be on Film Spotting along with screenwriter Diablo Cody in a couple of weeks. How's oh, that? fantastic. What?
1: That's a great plug. Yeah, FilmSpotting.net. Yeah,
4: FilmSpotting.net, the December 14th show. Interviewed them a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Juno's another movie I saw at Toronto. Absolutely one of my best favorite films from the Toronto Film Festival. Hilarious. Ellen Page, one of the best performances of the year. I mean, she's really amazing in it, and this is the movie that I tell everybody I know to to see when they get a chance. I mean, a movie like There Will Be Blood or No Country for Old Men isn't really the kind of film you can recommend necessarily to everybody, but Juno, I just think, is hilariously funny, and uh, it's I know Maddie right now, for him, it's his favorite film of the year, so... Here's my concern
0: with Juno and maybe you can speak to this a little bit.
4: Um I I, I mean there's
0: there's a huge part of me that really wants to see it because I mean JK J. Simmons is in it. He's, He's like, like one of the best guys in history. Uh Bateman. Oh, uh, everybody loves it. Bateman. Um god, I feel like I am so tired of movies that have the indie rock cute aesthetic yep. to it. I saw uh, Lars and the Real Girl recently which mm-hmm. which people recommended to me ad nauseum and was just so like sick and tired of the indie rock cuteness of the whole thing
4: yeah and Um, if you feel that way when Juno starts you're going to be like me because I'm very similar mm -hmm. in that regard in the first 10 minutes you're you're gonna want to shut off the movie. You're gonna want to walk out <laughs> because it, it it seems like it's trying so hard to be clever and indie, uh, and it really it's it's a little too much. I mean, you know, she she goes to her bedroom and calls her best friend on her phone, and it's one of those hamburger phones that oh. people had in the '80s and stuff. Sure. And you're like, oh, I, this is clever and ironic. But honestly, after about the first ten minutes, it just becomes so funny and so genuine. It's not, you know, it's ironic, but not in that distancing way where it's just like trying to be too clever all the time there's some you know genuine emotional moments they they are not you know sell you know sold too hard or lifetime movie moments but they're really good and it's just it's the funniest movie i saw this year
1: well there you have it i'm stoked about that one yes i think i will see it now adam campanar from film spotting online at filmspotting.net where you can listen to their great weekly podcast um thank you so much for being on uh, jordan jesse go adam
4: i had a great time thanks for having me on
0: thanks
3: la, 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 la,
0: la.
4: it's jordan jesse go i'm jesse thorn america's
0: radio sweetheart jordan morris boy detective jordan jesse
1: to the phones phone call last week we asked people to call in with their worst holiday memories now to be clear we're looking for the kind of bad holiday memories that are so bad they're funny now.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Not they're so bad that you still cry when you think about them. Sure, and we
0: want to Who make wants that to listen clear. To that?
1: Nobody wants to listen to that. Nah. Nobody cares that your grandma died on Christmas morning. Maybe I put that in a bad way.
0: Yeah, people do care. We care, but they not, care all too much. This is an entertainment cop uh, program. It's not a dead grandma type of thing. No, absolutely not.
5: Hi, Jordan. Duffy go. Uh, this is Katie from St. Paul responding to the action items for the worst holiday story. Um, my freshman year of college, uh, probably two weeks before Christmas, our house burned down. And actually, it wasn't our whole, whole house. It was just my brother's bedroom. But uh we couldn't, obviously, inhabit the rest of the house. So that was not fun to come home to.
1: You know what happened, Jordan? Hmm. Her brother fell asleep while he was smoking a dube. Oh boy. He lit himself up a Christmas <laughs> J. <Jay.
0: laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> little J, a little nog. Yep. It's a it's a recipe for Hi, disaster.
3: Jordan. Hi Jordan and Jesse. Um my name is John and I'm a small time podcaster. Um but I won't plug my podcast um directly anyways. Um, because I actually do have a um worst holiday ever story.
1: Time out here. Mm-hmm. I'm calling a timeout. Sure. I think what John thinks is going to happen is people are going to Google
0: John John's podcast, podcast and then his are going to come up. I, I mean that's 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 the classy way to do it. Yep.
3: Um it goes like this. I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area and um a couple of years ago I was living in Los Angeles and I was about to go back up to the Bay Area to, um, you know, spend the holidays with my family, so to speak. And um, it was like the day before I was about to leave L.A. And I was driving around really hungry, so I was distracted. And I ended up getting into a fender bender with a police cruiser. I'm not kidding. Um, Very dumb driving move. Um, So that was like, that was the start of it. Um, But then what happens is that I got into the fender bender, bender, and um, then I had to, for reasons that I won't go into, I had to drive the car all the way to Santa Barbara to a specific auto shop. Um, And when I got to the auto shop, I found out that the car, it was unsafe to drive it because it, um, like the axle was, you know, broken or the axle shaft. Um, so I had to rent a car and, um, get my ass up to San Francisco as quickly as possible because I had to go to a family event that same day. So I drove, you know, straight on through from Santa Barbara to San Francisco and I made the family events and like, I enjoyed it. And then, um, afterwards we went to a restaurant. And, um, oh, I should mention that I parked the rental car on the street. Um, and um, afterwards, we went to a restaurant and we had a meal and everything. And then um, when we left and I went back to my car, someone had broken into the rental car, stolen most of my valuable items, including all the Christmas presents that I had bought for my family. So by this time, I was really freaked out. My adrenaline was pumping, and I couldn't go to sleep until it was like 4 in the morning. And so I finally crashed. And then when I woke up, I had a horrible cold, which lasted the entire Christmas vacation. So, yeah, that was pretty much my worst holiday ever. I got into a fender bender, my car got broken into, and I had a horrible cold. And on top of it, my Christmas presents and my family were stolen. So I hope you enjoyed that, and uh, keep up the good work. Bye.
1: Now, I'll grant you, mm-hmm. not the most pithy call we've ever received. A little long. It's a little long. He's not a dynamic storyteller as he could be.
2: hmm
1: But I think it is funny that he got into a car accident with a police car.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: That's... And
1: then when his Christmas presents got called, got stolen, who's he going to call? Can't call the police. No. Because he broke their car. hmm <laughs> They can't chase down any criminals. Their car's broken. You got to call the fire department or something. Yeah, probably the fire department. Spray with a hose. You see if he can get an ambulance to take him around? Mm-hmm. You know, one of those ambulances? Anyway, if you have a, ho- a horrible holiday story, give us a call. 206 984 fun is the number to call. And I think well, this is going to be like a holiday tradition
0: on this. Yeah, on I love it. Go. Everybody loves tradition.
1: Okay, so here's one that I think like you're going to... ham. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody doesn't love ham.
0: Well, everybody loves the
1: tradition of ham. Oh, that's true. Like a candied ham or? Whenever. Okay. Whenever you want to prepare the ham is fine with me. This one's for you, Jordan.
5: Hi, Jordan and Jesse. I'm calling from Baltimore. I just wanted to let you know, Jordan, I just saw you for the first time on Fuel TV. I don't have a television at my place, but I'm staying at a friend's house watching their dog this week, and they happen to have an extended cable, and I love your guys' podcast so much um i actually sort of went out of my way to look for fuel tv through these thousands of channels that are retardedly distracting i got no work done this week because of it anyway i have to say jordan you're a funny guy
1: jordan there you go oh thanks if anybody ever says i don't get fuel tv Mm -hmm. how can i see you on tv jordan this is an easy answer Babysit for your friend's dog.
0: Sure. Do a little dog sitting. They've
1: That's... got extended cable. Yeah. Then go out of your way to find Jordan on TV.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate the uh, kind words about my television
1: yeah. If You know what? Career. I tried to find Fuel TV on my mom's DirecTV when I was visiting her recently. I and... couldn't find it, but I think she gets it.
0: Hmm. You just you would you stopped looking around channel five hundred
1: yeah around the exactly. five hundred you
0: just got tired of flipping around
1: I thought maybe it was on after the XM radio music channels mm-hmm. I don't know who are these people who want to watch, watch music on their TV I
0: I don't know that's not what it's for I don't know
5: Hey this is Allison from San Francisco and I had an anecdote in response to the last segment where Ryan discussed with you guys effective opening lines to use on women. Um, On Thanksgiving morning around 8.45, I was on my way to volunteer at a kitchen in the Tenderloin. As I disembarked the bus, a sluggish street guy got off with me and immediately approached me and said, first question, do you know if the public library is open on Thanksgiving? To which I replied, no, sorry, I don't. And he then continued with, second question, are you single because you are beautiful? Um, So in my head, I was thinking, really, guy? It's not even 9 a.m. You're hitting on me in the sketchiest part of town on a holiday. And so I responded untruthfully, no, I have a boyfriend, to which he did not skip a beat and said, oh, that's okay. I can teach you guys some things. So don't really know what that meant, but I sort of smiled awkwardly and said, no, thanks, and went on my way. Um, All in all, good first line, surprising and uh, non-threatening, made me think he was on an earnest literary pursuit. So maybe keep all that in mind. Um, Good luck and take care. Bye.
1: So if there's single listeners out here, there's a lot to take home from this call. Mm -hmm. Number one, it's important to open with something earnest and literary, an earnest literary pursuit. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm researching a novel about Victorian London. Do you know
0: anything about bootjacks? Sure. Do you know who Jack the Ripper really was?
1: Yeah, anything earnest and uh, mm-hmm. literary. You know, like, I'm thinking about the moral consequences of such and such <laughs>
0: sure. for my book. You see what I'm saying? It's a good conversation starter. Also, it's. It, Is it's, free will a myth? Exactly.
2: <laughs>
1: um, what do you think of the Grand Inquisitor? Um, so, okay, so that's number one. Number two is, if you're hitting on a girl... Oh,
0: just say, John Updike. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How fast do you think rabbit can run? (laughs) Just say, John Updike, then drop your pants. (laughs) (laughs) That's what John Updike
4: does. (laughs) 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 He says his own name. He just goes,
1: John I'm dying.
0: <laughs> <and> Drops trow <laughs> Who's the king baby
1: Okay here's the second lesson That I think we can learn from this call Jordan Okay Let's say you hit on a girl It turns out she's spoken for Offer to teach the two of them <laughs> something
0: I was like I'm going to teach you two something How to break up <laughs> Yeah. First step <laughs> cheat on him Or how about this uh, Dovetailing for woodworking mm-hmm.
1: How to make uh, different kinds of joints Okay. In 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 woodwork, in a
0: wood shop. Oh yeah, that too.
1: Be yeah, a nice thing to teach somebody.
0: How to throw a throw a pot on a yeah, pottery wheel.
1: Throw a pot on a pottery wheel. Absolutely. And then you say, "Holy shit, you're right. I'm feeling polyamorous."
0: <laughs>
1: you know what I'm saying, Jordan? Yeah. You see where I'm going with this, mm-hmm. Jordan? Anyway, I think there's a lot to be learned from that call. Is all I'm saying. I wanted to throw that in there because since we're affiliated with a public radio program, it's important to drop in some educational information into sure, each program. Absolutely. So that was a little bit and, and the, the public, a little instruction in the, in the ways of love. Sure. Okay, there we go. Now, here I'm going to I'm not playing it yet. Uh-huh. There's been some controversy about our dream segment. Sure. This is where we play dreams that people call mm-hmm. in and tell us about. Sure, we get boring dreams, but we also get goodens like this one.
2: Guys, this is Alex from Los Angeles, and I'm calling in with a dream I had. Um, in the dream, I was Marilyn Monroe, and I was living in the White House with the Kennedy family. And this was definitely during my affair with John Kennedy. And in the dream, uh, Mr. Kennedy and I kept trying to sneak off to have our affair, but I kept essentially getting cock Blocked by Jackie Kennedy, and at one point. She and Mr. Kennedy were in the bathroom with the door partly open, um, having marital relations, and she kept calling him Mr. Bond, and he kept responding in a Sean Connery voice. And in the dream, I remember wondering whether the first Bond movie came out before or after he was assassinated, and then I woke up. And obviously, I'm not really sure why I had this dream, but I think it has something to do with with my visit to the Nixon Presidential Library last weekend.
0: Bye. That's a good one. Right? I think, Although I think that question of whether or not the movie had come out was moot, because when you're the president, you get to see movies in advance. (laughs) That's true. So he probably knew about James Bond before anybody.
1: Especially because they have that connection with the not wearing a hat thing. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? They're both revolutionizing menswear. Gotcha. Each of them was revolutionizing menswear. Okay here, Jordan. On the show, we like it when people call in when something moment- momentous happens in their sure. lives. Uh, something like this, for example.
3: Jordan, Jesse, this is Jeffrey in Nashville. Um, and I just bought my first house, so I feel like I'm becoming a man.
1: That is actually, um, in contemporary America, that is replaced, say, the bar mitzvah. Sure. It's how you the become The vision a man. quest. The vision quest, absolutely. So we play, we play things like that. And we like those. We like yeah, it when yeah. somebody calls in with something really important like that mm-hmm. that happened in their life. We love it when some somebody calls in with something like this that happened that's really important in their life.
3: Hey there. Uh, this is Zach calling from Chicago. I just walked into my garage that I share with the people who live below me. Uh, and then the lights were on. I thought that was funny. And I, and I turn and there's a, there's a heat lamp pointed to an empty uh, fish tank with a box on it. And in the fish tank is a rooster. And it wouldn't be funny if it were a chicken, but it's a rooster. He looks very proud. And and he's got great posture. I'm going to try to see if we can get the rooster on the uh, recording here. Uh, Here we go. Hey! Uh, I hope you can hear that. Uh, Pretty extraordinary for me. Uh, I thought you should know. Uh, Have a great one. Bye-bye.
0: Rooster in a fish tank. rooster in a fish tank.
1: Jordan, in in this case, I believe it's a vivarium. Excuse me. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go, I'm Jesse. Jordan. Jordan, can I ask you a question? This is an important question. Sure, yes. Is it conceded Mm -hmm. to point out the fact... (laughs) That we and knocked this t- one... Your dick has gotten
2: bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yes! Jordan, you interrupted me. Sorry. Is it conceited to point out the fact that we knocked this one out of the park?
0: No, absolutely not. No, I mean, everybody knows it. It's the elephant in the room.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just gotta... Agree. We're not... We're just acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. We're bringing it out into sure. the open. See, we c- feel
0: free to say it out loud to the people you're around.
1: We destroyficated it. hmm We dominated it. You know what
0: I'm saying? Dead in the ground and also married to us. That's what this show is.
1: This show was an aggressive hip hop beat, and we were the group MOP.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: We destroyed it. You see what I'm saying, mm-hmm. Jordan? This was yelling, and we were Onyx. <laughs> the rap group Onyx.
0: Who <laughs> apparently do a lot of yelling. Yeah, they do do a lot of yelling. All right. I, I'd think right. of a third. Uh, it's fine. No reason to. We've already done such a good job.
1: I know. This has really been a beautiful time for us.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So uh, action items, holiday memories continues apace. I think that's a main one. I want to get some great holiday memories. Yeah, let's get some holiday memories. Oh, and speaking of the holidays, Jordan. Yeah. Guess what's going on right now on MaximumFun.org?
0: Some sort of holiday contest? Uh, Yes. That's the one. Yes. Yes. Let me give you a let me give you a little
1: uh, window into what we're giving away on MaximumFun.org right now. Okay, two complete series sets of Doctor Katz. Wow, two complete series sets of Chappelle's Show. Okay, two copies of the brand new Onion book. This Onion book is called Our Dumb World. It is the first all-original Onion book since Our Dumb Century, which came out like six years ago now, something like that. God damn. I'm making up that number. But yeah. a number of years ago, the first all-original. It's, it's an atlas of made-up information. It's great. Made-up and incorrect information. And since today is the Doggy Show, we're giving away two copies of the dangerous book, for dogs. It is a parody of the dangerous books book for boys, mm-hmm. uh, but it is about dogs, and it is actually written by staff members of The Onion. Okay. It's not billed that way because it's secret. It's billed as being written by two dogs. Gotcha. Um, but I know for a fact, and I'm sharing with you, written by staff members of The Onion. These sound like some real uh, real quality prizes. Uh, that is eight quality prizes. But Jordan... hmm There's two more. Whoa. We're giving away two of our new Sound of Young America uh, carnival posters. Okay, then. These are collectible art prints. Mm -hmm. Everybody that's gotten there so far, I've gotten like four or five emails, holy shit, I did not expect it to be this awesome. And it is. Two of those. Mm -hmm. Here's what you have to do. Number one, you have to be a donor to maximumfund.org. Any amount. could be a $2 a month donor, $5, $10, $20, whatever. Any amount. Some kind of donor. Number two, because we can't make it a sweepstakes, uh, because there's a lot of complicated laws about sweepstakes that I don't exactly understand. (laughs) It has to be a contest with some sort of merit element in it to avoid the sweepstakes laws. Uh, Somebody emailed me that. I run some contest on the website. They're like, you should be careful to avoid the sweepstakes laws. I was like, okay. So... Email Emma, our intern Emma, at, Emma at org. some expression of the spirit of holiday awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Awesomeness in the holidays. It can be a poem, Jordan. It can be a tone poem. Sure. It can be a poetic license. <laughs> That's the only thing I could, else I could think of that had the word poem in it. Poem. It can be a poem. It can be a 50-word essay. Mm-hmm. It can be a piece of graphic art. It could be a drawing that you do, say, with uh, Microsoft Paint. It can be a Photoshop job. You could Photoshop uh, Evil Knievel into a Santa Claus suit jumping over something. Uh, may he rest in peace. Sure. Uh is
0: Santa Claus?
1: Yeah, Santa Claus is dead, Jordan. I'm sorry you had to find out this way. Wow.
0: No, I mean, I suspected. It can With really be. With that guy's be, lifestyle, you know, it's like.
1: It can be a craft. Mm-hmm. If you want to make a craft and and mail it to the uh, mailing address, which is on uh, MaximumFun.org in the
0: About section. So you're saying that your imagination is the limit?
1: Absolutely. I was wondering
0: what the limit was, but you're you're saying it's my imagination. Whatever my imagination is.
1: I'm saying there's dual limits. Hmm. One is your imagination. Hmm. The other is how much you are imbued with the spirit of the holidays.
0: And then, it, after they turn in the things, is it random, or are you picking the best ones? We have to pick the best ones okay but I, what
1: I would say is, given the number of prizes we have,
2: You'll you probably just, win
1: You should just enter, okay that's sure. what I'm saying. If you're a maximum fund donor, you should just enter, and even if you're not a maximum fund donor, you should donate your two bucks a month or something like that, and uh, get on board the train and uh, you know and, and make something, and yeah. you have good, great odds. And we're going to put them all up. You have until December 20th, I think it is. It's Mm -hmm. a Thursday. uh, So that we'll judge it on a Friday. That's Emma's last day. She gets to judge the contest for her last day. And uh, we'll send out some prizes. There you are. Amazing prizes. Anyway, all the normal continuing action items continue... uh, you know, if you have a if you have a personal conflict that you think might be such, but judged by our friend Judge John Hodgman, give us a call. I'd love to get a good personal conflict that It'd we be can nice. get judged by Judge John Hodgman. So nice for him to come on the show and mm-hmm. being a TV and literary star and all. Sure. Love to have a nice juicy conflict for him. Um, if you something amazing happens to you, etc. 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 At 4 fun is the number to call. And uh, all that having been said, we'll see you next week. Thank right? you for listening. We love you. Goodbye.